Well, hello and welcome to the County Conversation, a podcast featuring employees and subject matter experts from the Fairfax County government discussing programs, services, and items of interest to residents of Fairfax County. I'm your host, Jim Person, and today on this edition of The Conversation, I'm chatting with Ellen Volo, Fairfax County Opioid and Substance Use Task Force Coordinator. Today we're talking about a growing issue in the nation, as well as here in Fairfax County, and that's opioids and substance use. Ellen, thanks for being on the County Conversation podcast with us. Thank you for having me. I I just kind of made a general assumption there that opioids and substance use are a growing issue in Fairfax County. Is that is that correct? That is true, sadly. Um, Actually, in the last, you know, this has been a major focus area for Fairfax County for several years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the last few years, um, we've seen huge increases nationally across the state um, in the number of people who have fatally overdosed. Um, And of course, we're concerned about fatal overdoses, non-fatal overdoses, but then also just generally opioid misuse. And so, um, it's a it's a really big issue, and Fairfax County is doing a lot to address it. Um, dumb, simple question, but a lot of reasons behind it. I mean, why? Why? Why is it a growing problem? There's all different reasons for right. that. Um, one of the main drivers that we see in the number of fatal overdoses is actually fentanyl, illicit fentanyl. Right. Um, across the nation, we're seeing an increase in um, counterfeit pressed pills. And so these are pills that are made by, um, you know, not professionals, um, not pharmacists. Nice, nice way and um, they look exactly like pills you would get from the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. But the difference is that they contain um, deadly doses of fentanyl. And so those pills are widely available. They're very cheap. It's impossible to tell the difference from kind of the real thing. And so um, that is a main reason why we're seeing an increase in fatal overdoses. We also, unfortunately, see illicit fentanyl and other substances, um, again, across the nation and here in Fairfax, like in cocaine um, and other substances. And so Actually, in 22 in the Fairfax Health District, that includes Fairfax County Mm -hmm. and the cities of Fairfax and Falls Church, 80 of the 82 fatalities we had in calendar year 22 involved fentanyl. Mm -hmm. Um, So when we say it's a big driver of the issue, you know, you can see in the numbers, it's, you know, almost every single fatal overdose. So we are talking about substance use and opioids. So I think maybe I should take a step back for a minute. Is there like a definition or can you tell us what opioids are? Yeah, so I can tell you a little bit about, um, you know, opioids are, um, there's certainly prescription opioids like codeine and Oxycontin. Um, There's also heroin and then fentanyl. And of course, fentanyl can be, you know, um, prescribed in, you know, appropriate medical settings for Mm. treatment of cancer um, and epidurals for women having babies. Um, but then it's also available kind of in the illicit market. Right. Okay. I think you mentioned um, the Opioid and Substance Use Task Force. Uh, was that created in 2019? It was. So it was actually created a couple years before that okay. um, in 2017. Oh. Uh, you know, that's when the Fairfax Board of Supervisors first directed county staff to put together a work plan to address mm-hmm. the opioid gotcha. epidemic. That's kind of our official launching date, if you will. Um, the There was a work plan that followed that in 2018. 
Fast forward several years, and we're now operating under our third work plan. That's for FY23 through 25. And as you might imagine, the goals of our work today remain largely the same as, you know, from back in 2017, really to reduce, um, you know, the number of opioid-involved deaths, um, to improve the lives of people who are um, impacted by opioid use, including people um, who have loved ones misusing opioids. Um, and then to really be data-driven in our work. Mm. Um, and so we have about 40 different programs and activities underway across the county, all working together towards those really high-level goals. And those activities range um, from you know prevention, so trying to stop misuse from ever happening, to you know harm reduction and recovery, And then so much in between in the way of treatment initiatives, uh, public safety initiatives, criminal justice. Um, So it's a really, it's a multi-pronged strategy trying to attack this issue from every possible angle. Right. right. You mentioned you're on your third work plan uh, and you you said the dates and I I can't do math in my head. Is that like a two-year work plan, three-year work plan, five-year work plan? So it's a three-year work plan that we're working under now. Uh, We're just finishing up our first years. FY23 comes to a close this year. So there's, you know, so much more work on our horizon. Um, Unfortunately, in this area, there's no shortage of work. There's no... um, no end to ideas on how we how we can but can but can you see this. the finish line i mean is do you, do you think that's possible we see progress okay. we see um you know like for example in um the fairfax health district in calendar year 21 there were 111 fatal opioid overdoses and you might remember a few minutes ago i said in 22 there were 82 right um so that is a significant decrease that's a welcome decrease Unfortunately, we don't know exactly what drove that decrease. Right. Um, we can, you know, imagine that several of our different activities are helping to bend the trend in that direction. Um, and at the same time, you know, within that decrease, we do see some um, trends that are of an increasing concern. Um, we're seeing an increasing number of non-fatal overdoses. Mm. Um, we're also seeing an increasing number of overdoses among youth, which tracks national trends. Um, but that's a major area of concern. So a lot of work on the horizon to address that. A lot of different directions I could go. I'm, I'm writing down things I want to make sure I cover. But you just talked about that uh, alarming, maybe like increase in youth. Mm-hmm. Um, any reasons, any factors? I mean, what are what are y'all seeing and hearing? I mean. I guess my my question is why. Yeah, I I have that question too. You know, I think a lot of people have that question. I think it depends on um, some of the circumstances related to each of the kids. I think a big driver of that, um, from just my personal opinion, is the the counterfeit pills that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. We're seeing most of the youth overdoses are involving these counterfeit pills. Um, they're like they are blue. Um, their kids refer to them as um, perks, perk thirties, mm. um, and they are, as I said, just widely available, both right. kind of from you know local sources, but then also through social media, which oh, is wow. you know yeah. they can be ordered through the mail, which is Yikes. very concerning. Yeah, you mentioned earlier uh, data driven. Explain that to me. 
So we do that in a lot of different ways. The Fairfax Health Department, um, you know, I, I mentioned a couple moments ago, we have 40, about 40 different programs right. and activities. One of those is a really phenomenal dashboard that the Fairfax Health Department manages. Right. Um, and that's available on the county website. And that provides um, real-time, uh, as real-time data as we have right. on non-fatal overdoses and fatal overdoses, um, as well as trends. So they break it out by age, by demographic. Um, and so those that information is very helpful in um, informing, you know, for example, as we see this increase in youth overdoses, well, that means we need to ensure we have youth treatment available, youth resources available. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's just one, you know, example of how we try to be data driven. And then several of the different programs on a more sort of not a system level, but on a program level, they do a great job of tracking their data and trying to continuously improve how they reach people. Since you mentioned the dashboard, I'll go ahead and throw out that web address, if you don't mind, fairfaxcounty.gov slash health slash opioid dash overdoses dash data. You can also just uh, use your favorite search engine and do Fairfax County uh, opioids dashboard, and that'll probably come up. Any other highlights or anything about the dashboard before we move off of that into another area? I think we've covered the platform. Okay. All right. Um, I'll get to the opioids webpage in a minute, and I'll let you you throw that out. Um, we're talking about youth and and programs. Is this data driven approach leading to creation of programs or um, rationale for keeping programs? I mean, talk to me a little bit about the relationship of programmatic and data information. Sure. So when we started seeing an increase in youth overdoses um, a couple years ago, you know, that initial increase led us to do a lot of different community awareness, you Mm -hmm. know, webinars, presentations, and those have Mm -hmm. continued up through the spring, for example. But it's also led us to do um, a lot of other things Uh, in the area of treatment. Actually, um, across the region, and I'd venture to guess the nation as well, um, the more intensive treatment options for youth substance use, it's very hard to find them, very Mm. hard to find them. And so as we see locally an increase in the number of youth um, overdosing and using fentanyl, and then we also look at that alongside the scarcity of treatment, we're trying to really take, again, a multi-pronged approach there to build out a more robust system. And so it's a combination of um, the Fairfax Falls Church CSB, the Community Services Board, that's of course our local public health behavioral health right. behavioral health agency. Um, they're trying to do some pilots, build out some more services um, in-house, but then also partner with providers. And so all of that, you know, going back to your point, um, we're doing all of that work because unfortunately the numbers are showing that we need to, that there's right. a need among the youth population for right. these services. We're talking with Ellen Volo, Fairfax County's Opioid and Substance Use Task Force Coordinator. We're talking about a problem that doesn't look, unfortunately, like it's going to go away anytime soon, and that's opioids and substance use and all the associated issues that that, that come with it. Um, you mentioned earlier in the show uh, about 40 different county programs, et cetera, um, I want to dive into that a little bit more and not necessarily call out every 
40 programs because I don't know if we have time to do all that. But I don't know if there's categories of programs. Maybe you can kind of go through go through that a little bit. Yeah, sure. So there are actually categories. In fact, there's six. And the first okay. one is uh, prevention and education. And so there we have things like trainings, community presentations. Uh, we just wrapped up a communications campaign where we developed several different social media graphics. Um, we have a toolkit on our webpage that's available for any community member to grab those social media graphics and help, you know, raise awareness. Um, we also have in our early intervention and treatment category, several different treatment initiatives, um, you know, in the Fairfax Falls Church Community Services Board, they have um, a community-based addiction medicine clinic that provides um, a highly effective FDA-approved medication for treating opioid use disorder. Um, and that program has partnered, actually, with our sheriff's office um, and a local nonprofit, the Chris Atwood Foundation, on a really innovative program that's based in our jail. Um, and why are we doing that? Well, it's because the the national data show a really high rate of fatal overdose following incarceration. So, following incarceration. Right. So upon release, wow. right? Um, that's a very high risk time for people. And so right. the way the program works is that when individuals are um, booked at, in the jail, they're screened for opioid use. And if they screen positive, they're able to start this medication while they're incarcerated. The, the sort of magic to the program uh, happens at several points, but a really important point is when they're preparing for release and that re-entry phase back to the community. There's mm. a whole host of wraparound supports. There's peer support provided by the local um, nonprofit I mentioned, the Chris Atwood Foundation. And then, of course, there's connection to that community-based treatment. And so the idea is you help the person kind of stabilize, get started in jail, and they're able to continue that in the community. And hopefully that will help decrease right. the number of fatal overdoses. Now, any given time we see, um, you know, the numbers change, but as many as 80 people who are in this program while they're incarcerated in the jail, it's a significant percentage, especially when you think about that next to sort of the numbers I shared in line with our fatal overdoses. So it's a huge opportunity for our community. Um, and it's really unique. It's sort of leader in the nation, if you will. So as you probably can tell, I could talk all day about the great work the team's doing. <laughs> makes, makes for good good for me. So yeah. go ahead. Uh, in, the, in the area of criminal justice and enforcement, um, our police department has an overdose investigation unit. Again, that's really unique. Um, we have a team of detectives there, and they focus kind of exclusively on investigating overdoses. Um, and really what they look for are the sort of the distributors, the higher level people. Um, and then for the individuals they encounter who've non-fatally overdosed, that unit has partnered with um, the Community Services Board to try to connect those individuals to treatment resources. Um, in the category of data, we have the opioid dashboard, as I mentioned. Um, harm reduction, that's uh, a whole category. Um, and for people who don't know, harm reduction is essentially the idea of trying to reduce the harms associated with drug use. Um, so one example there is we do Narcan trainings. If you don't know what Narcan mm -hmm. is, that's the opioid overdose reversal medication. 
Um, these trainings are available to county residents. Um, you can sign up for a virtual one. You can ask our team to come out and do a training for your community group, um, lifeguards, HOAs, Girl Scout troops, whatever. Um, we all set something up for you. We could do it in English and Spanish. And when you finish the hour training, um, we can even do it in, in a shorter amount of time. We provide free Narcan, the, mm-hmm. the free medication, um, okay. so that people can carry that with them. Um, you know, it, it has happened where people are bystanders. They're just walking by. They see someone right. overdosing. They have Narcan and they're able to save a life. So, now, now is that, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Is that the revive training is what? Yeah, it's, um, it's the revive training. That's right. Um, and you can find more information about that on our, on our website. Okay. All right. Did we cover all the categories? Almost. Okay. The sixth one is recovery. And that's oh, a really yeah. important one, right? Because we want people um, who have experienced opioid misuse to have a long, you know, wonderful life on their recovery journey. And so um, there's support groups in that category. We have peer support specialists. Um, those are people with lived experience that are available to county residents to kind of meet them where they're at and just help them navigate on their recovery journey. I can tell you're definitely into the topic and very passionate about it. Uh, how did you get into it? What interested you? Why? You know, um, several different things. There, This issue is one that demands cross-county, really community-wide collaboration mm-hmm. from all different systems. And that's what I like. I like working across several different systems, getting everyone kind of moving um, towards common goals. Um, so that was one piece of it. It's also just such a big problem. You right, know, um, right. I have young kids and I, I don't want to, you know, have to worry about opioid misuse for them. And so it's a way that I can kind of help give back to the community, try to mm-hmm. address this really challenging problem. All right. Now, um, how long have you been with the county? Um, almost 10 years. Wow. Okay. Now, and I'm assuming you started this position when the this whole program was created? Actually, no. I'm not oh, okay. the first task force coordinator. I had several oh, okay. uh, people come before me, and I've been lucky enough to build on the great foundation they well, left us. Okay. The website, we kind of hinted around about it. We threw out the address for the data dashboard, but uh, I think there's an opioids webpage that you want to direct folks that has a lot of resources and information. Absolutely. Um, and so you can get to it a few different ways. Again, you could just go to the Fairfax County website, fairfaxcounty.gov, and in the search bar, you can type in opioids. It'll come right up. Um, the full web address for it is fairfaxcounty.gov slash topics slash opioids. And on that page, we have all different information. We have the link to the communications toolkit I mentioned, links to the Narcan training, the Revive training, um, links to treatment services and our peer support team um, and all different information. What's one takeaway? What's one action that listeners right now could do that would maybe help move the, and this is a bad pun, move the needle? Sorry about that. Yeah, I, I think the main thing would be to just take a moment to educate yourself on um, on fentanyl and how widespread it is in the illicit drug supply. And talk to your loved ones about it. Um, you know, there's really nothing that um, 
there's nothing that's safe that's out there in the illicit drug supply. And mm-hmm. so making sure to have a conversation, especially um, for those of you who have kids, um, teenagers, it's really important to talk to them about some of the dangers. And um, our data shows that kids do listen when parents talk. So what? <laughs> I know, hard to believe, hard to believe yeah. as, as a mom of a toddler says. Yeah, yeah. something to look forward to perhaps. I know we've covered a lot of ground. Last 30 seconds, can you kind of summarize this for us and, and, and tell us why people should care? Um, well, I think why we should care is because so many people in our community are impacted by opioid misuse and opioid overdose. Um, it's not something that people talk about all the time, but it is a widespread impact, mm-hmm. um, touches all corners of the county. And, you know, Fairfax County at government and our partners, we're doing a lot to try to address it, but we can't do it alone. It's a community-wide problem, and we really need everyone to come together and help us. Um, so thank you to the listeners out there for taking time to listen on this. And uh, please, you know, get in touch with the team if there's a way you'd like to contribute. And again, just for more information, go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash topics slash opioids. Ellen, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Ellen Volo with us today. Thanks to you for joining and for listening. If you want to get more Fairfax County news, just go to fairfaxcounty.gov slash news, or you can call 703-Fairfax. That's 703-324-7329. That is weekdays between 8 a.m. and 4.30 p.m. Thanks again for joining us on the County Conversation Podcast, which is produced by the Fairfax County, Virginia Government.